Today's scripture reading is Luke 2, verses 1 to 7. These are probably very familiar words, and uh, pray as well that they would strike us and fill us with awe and wonder at the mystery of these words as well. Luke 2, verses 1 to 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. It's the word of the Lord. So you're doing all right? Uh, we're really pleased you're here. Uh, you never know when, like last year, Christmas Eve was a Sunday. We didn't have a morning service. We just had the evening service. And uh, we know that, you you know, people are busy. There's probably people out shopping right now. There are people shopping right now. Um, so it's good to be here instead. I was at Save on Foods, I don't know when it was, within the last week or 10 days. And uh, I was leaving. Everything seemed to go rather smoothly. And Anyway, I was just walking out and I walked by the self-checkout area. I'm sure you all love self-checkout, right? I have yet to get through self-checkout without something going wrong. And yet, I don't know what it is. I can't learn. I tell myself it will be easier. And so I think I had sympathy for the scene that I saw as I walked by. Because as I walked by to exit the Save on Foods down at Park and Tilford, I just glanced towards the self-checkout line, and there was a guy, I think he was older than me, but he's probably about my age. I'm old enough that that happens now. And, and he was just standing there. His groceries were there, the till that you use and stuff, and he was just like this. He might still be there. <laughs> and I just, I kind of smiled, and I thought, this Christmas can do this to you at any time. He just reached, it seemed like he reached his limit. He wasn't asking anybody for help. It just, and I know what it said on the screen, wait for attendant. <laughs> He's still waiting. Um, it's, you tell yourself you won't reach that point each year. And then sometimes it's not in your control. It's, it is still astounding. I mean, it's so easy to complain about commercialism and different things. And I've always been intrigued by the fact that people sometimes get upset that other people aren't celebrating properly. I think people who don't believe this, we, we ought not to force them. That doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and so if people want you to say happy holidays to them, and it, then say that. Uh, certainly the phrase Merry Christmas should never become a political term. <laughs> I found myself saying Merry Christmas a couple times to people now, and because there's this created battle, it, it seems more loaded than it needs to be. Uh, but the burdens around this time are real. This is not working, but the next slide will say when they get there. Um, we'll refer to the burdens that we can feel. I, I think 
what I'd like you to do as we move to this text this morning that Richard read for us is to think about what Mary and Joseph were feeling as they made their way towards Bethlehem. Because you're really good at containing, kind of being aware of your own stress. You guys know that, by the way, right? We all do this to each other. We think, well, you know, I'm stressed. My friend or this person or this other person at church, you know, you think about your own stress and often not that somebody else is dealing with things too. And then we do that through history that we, we have Mary and Joseph moving towards Bethlehem and the scene becomes kind of made sentimental. And so they're just kind of walking towards Bethlehem. She's like nine months pregnant. And you have to think, can you imagine what they were feeling? It will help you as you listen to the sermon this morning to kind of get into that place. These are most of our kind of struggles around Christmas time fit into one of these two things. I think it's safe to say. You might think of something exceptional, but still this, this kind of encompasses most things. That we put upon ourselves the burdens of busyness, and that's always can become something that's stressful. It, one of the things I feel too, though, is that there are some people who are dealing with desperate loneliness at Christmas and are, and are thinking, I'm not busy at all, so we should be mindful of that too. But in general, there's a busyness culture at Christmas time. You might have a list of things to do, and it's December 23rd now, and you probably have like 30 things to do today even. Maybe not. But the busyness is, is real. But then the one that I think tips the scales for us are the emotional expectations that we put on ourselves. The idea that Christmas is always supposed to feel good. And if it doesn't feel good then whatever negative thing has happened or is happening, we invest this emotional weight into that thing. And so all the kind of expectations you have on your family, they just get crystal, they're right there at Christmas time. They're strong. You can feel disappointed in family members, which is a terrible thing to feel at Christmas. But the disappointment sometimes comes because you are wanting to make things really good. Or if there are deeper difficulties, it's even more. And that's not even referring to people who are remembering tremendous loss at Christmas time. So when you think about Christmas, you think about celebrating it with people that are no longer here. And there can be a real sorrow. If Mary and Joseph, this is a fun game you can do in your mind, this kind of thing I do. I pray, I pray to God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but I can sometimes kind of ask questions to others as well. Mary and Joseph, did you have any idea what would come of this thing that you were walking towards? Did they know that I would be stressed because of this birth somehow? They weren't thinking of me. And you might not be thinking of them. But it's good to think right now, you collapse the time, right? as they're moving towards Jerusalem, what's the weight of things that they are feeling? I have two ads. We should do like worst Christmas ads each, each year. And I apologize in advance for these horrible ads because they will make you feel terrible. All right? Just briefly. They're not sad. They're just, they make me angry. And the first one is clearly uh, supposed to. Oh, I'm clicking these buttons way too fast. Okay, so do you know Wayfair? 
Yeah. Okay. Watch this. 30 seconds. This plays on the idea that the best kind of Christmas means you feel the magic. So what if you don't have little kids anymore? What are you going to do? Well, Wayfair has an answer. There's normally volume. Don't you wish you could still get that excited about something? For that Christmas morning feeling, you've got Wayfair. Shop everything home at Wayfair.com. You don't... I just get depressed by that. That's... I mean, I know what they're trying to do. And then there's this whole series of ads where clearly really wealthy, super good-looking, really young people. So that's frustrating in itself. They buy really expensive vehicles for each other at Christmas time. I actually, when I had decided to play this ad for you, it's actually a Black Friday ad. Um, then in the New York Times, they actually had an article just yesterday, well, I read it yesterday, I think it was from yesterday, on how this is actually a thing. Luxury car companies sell more vehicles at Christmas time. And those giant bows, those are real. So these are circles that I don't run in, maybe you do. But this actually happens. They say one of the problems that's happening now is that they like to kind of deliver them clandestinely so that, you know, the spouse comes out and there's the vehicle. But for most places where they're delivering these now, they're gated properties. Anyway, those are real problems in the world. So here we go. <laughs> the next one. You've seen this, right? Got a great Black Friday deal. One for you, one for me. Aww. Oh, and their house is perfectly clean, too. I got us a little something, too. Yeah? Yep. One for you, and one for me. I love it. Oh, actually, that was supposed to be for me. I love it. And I love that you love I it. I love it. I like red. During the GMC Sierra uh, Black enough. Friday event, get over 12,000 total value. I don't know why my clip is not, maybe because you're in there. Um, I don't really have much else to say other than, I mean, even ad companies now are playing on the worst. I don't think either, well, maybe they would. Maybe these companies would say these are good things we're feeling. But the idea that we could get the Christmas magic by getting as much stuff as we want, which is what the first ad is playing, is really a horrendous idea. Uh, and then this second one, where basically... I think most people, the communication that that ad says is, no matter how well you're doing, there are people who are better and really enjoying Christmas more, I suppose. I don't know. Christmas can be the worst. So just these kinds of things can set us off to think. And you can feel kind of a hollowness, a bit, a bit of an emptiness. Like, if this is what I'm chasing, if this is what's going to entail having a good Christmas, then... Even if you were to supposedly achieve it, it's such an empty message that you can feel that hollowness. Add to that the, the, the burdens of busyness and expectation. And it can be a really difficult time, even for those of us who are experiencing relatively little pain or sorrow. But Christmas can also be the best. For me... I think I've played you the video before, so I'll spare you. But it's true that you remember the times when 
Like if you're a parent, you remember the times when your kids were really little and they just had that exuberant joy. And, you know, it was in this case from Santa. Um, But it's in my head as a dad. I just remember Aiden and Matt opening their first real video game console. It's like, hallelujah. And Jen remembers too. She's got it in her head right now. Just screamed out. The boys did. Ah, GameCube! Like that. They're so happy it feels like anger. And it, it can be the best to feel like the wrapping paper everywhere and you don't have anything, well, maybe Christmas dinner or something to get ready for. And there was just such joy. But back to Mary and Joseph. You have to think on that first Christmas, there were no expectations. They could not compare it to last Christmas. There was one year where that happened. But I tell you that you have to know that they were wondering how things were going to work out. And they were already thinking. I'm granting them this and hoping you can see it. I think they were likely already thinking, if God has come to us in these angelic visitations, why are we walking this road? Why are we being tossed around by political interests? If God came to you and said this astounding thing is going to happen, you're going to have a child, and you demonstrated faith, Mary, this is the elevation of Mary, that she says, let it be to me as you have said. That's the line that our Catholic brothers and sisters in in Christian faith, that's the elevation that Mary says, let it be to me as you have said. And Joseph, not wanting her to face shame, and trusting in God, And so God visits them, they trust in God, and then this is what they get. So why did you think (laughs) that everything should be neatly wrapped up for you? In other words, maybe it wasn't, and it shouldn't be, to do everything you can to experience the best Christmas. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But you should do that and understand that many things remain outside of your control. Disappointments within your own, well, yourself, your relatives, whatever it might be. I don't know why God made it that way. There's some indications at various points. But I think we can make the assumption that, and of course I can cast myself in that in Joseph's mind so much more what would it be like for him trying to care for this family and he feels maybe like a bit of a failure I couldn't even work it out so that she can have this child in a safer place clearly didn't even have a room and God did not seem to provide a decent one we put this weight on ourselves the burden of it And all these years later for us, it's still go, go, go. And then the emotional weight of it. But one of the places that we join Mary and Joseph is understanding that what is going to happen next in our lives in many ways, the things that matter most, are not in our control. 
So then, what's left to do? Um, you can enjoy the sentiment of Christmas. I do. I, I mean, I, I get frustrated by things that are supposedly meaningful that aren't, like a product bringing you joy. It will never happen. It might, you know, make you feel good. It might change your life in many ways. But it won't bring you joy or peace. So the sentiment's okay. It just only gets you so far. And then what happens if you try to hang on to it past that point? It breaks you. Because you become aware of what you would rather be different or your own shortcomings. And you don't know how to bring those things before God because you've set up these expectations. So I guess the term for this is that we would have a humble spiritual posture. And so now the 23rd into the 24th, tonight or today into tomorrow night, that wherever you're at in your faith, that you would quietly humble yourself before Jesus Christ, the one that we are told in Christian faith is going to save the world. The reminder that God meets us as he did with Mary and Joseph, isn't it partly encouraging that he didn't make things perfect for them? He met them there. And I guess they could blame him and holler. We don't have that indication at all. But I, it's worth betting that they would rather have not had the child this way. Thanks be to God. So your life, your family, your own space in your head. Merry Christmas. Bring that to God. From experience, I can tell you that then you will know much more of Christmas than in those weighty expectations we put on ourselves. And what happens is this, that those very imperfections wake you up with gratitude to the many blessings around you. How could it be, Lord, that you have been this good to me, to us, you don't get there by denying reality, but by acknowledging it and trusting in God for the future, as this couple clearly had to do. Fleming Rutledge puts it this way. If you can't see it, I'm going to read it. So, My favorite word in this is delusory. It means kind of um, fleeting. She describes joy and happiness and peace as delusory and fugitive. That's a good writer. In a world no better and no worse than this one, at another time and in another place where men and women struggled against poverty and disease and greed and disillusionment as we do, in a time when moments of hope and happiness and peace were just as delusory and fugitive as they are today, Luke wrote...
In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered to be taxed. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. A lot there. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room, no place for them in the inn. Here's the crux of the matter. It's how you can discover the faith that you have and grow in that faith. And it's how you can reflect that faith to others who haven't heard or seen what Jesus has done for us in the world. The crux is this. You can think of it with Mary and Joseph because we've heard the story so many times. We know that God had to do with what was happening there. That's the biggest thing. It looks like this couple is just walking towards Bethlehem. Events outside of their control have pulled them to do this, though they clearly would rather have not. And you look at this, it looks like the most ordinary scene. But we know that God was over that whole thing and working. And the question at Christmas time, the crux of the matter, gather up your life. Does God have to do with this? That's the question of faith. And don't let people tell you that if God has to do with it, it would all be fine and perfect. It wasn't then, and it won't be now, one day. The crux of the matter is to ask, Heavenly Father, are you involved in this, my family, my life, even though things are not perfect? Of course, it's part of the job of the pastor to know that the answer, to know, and I'll say I know, that the answer for me and for you is yes. God is with you. That's what we know in Jesus Christ coming to this earth. God with us, Emmanuel. So my prayer for you, whether you share this faith or not, well, my first prayer is that God would be with you and bless you. And second to that is that you would know and see. Finish the sermon before Christmas Eve with my favorite theologian who writes here, he's probably writing in the 1940s or 50s, so the the pronouns are all male, so just translate or forgive if you need to do that. This is, like, it's theology, but good theology is spirit, too. Life. When one of us looks up to him, to Jesus Christ, a momentous change takes place. A great and enduring light brightly dawns on such a person. Such a person experiences joy in the midst of his sorrows and sufferings. 
much as he may still sigh and grumble. Not a cheap and superficial joy that passes, but deep-seated, long-lasting joy. It transforms man in his sadness into a fundamentally joyful being. We may well admit it. He has something to laugh at, not a mockery, but an open and relaxing laughter, honest and sincere laughter coming from the bottom of man's heart. Such light and joy and laughter are ours when we look up to him, to Jesus Christ. He is the one who makes us radiant. Even now. So picture that scene. Some people rightfully struggle with the concept of the virgin birth. Say things like, well, that kind of thing doesn't happen. Yeah, that's kind of the point. And I've always thought it's more astounding that God would give his life on the cross than that he could do this. That God himself was in Mary, Jesus Christ. But the promise, of course, is that by faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, God can indwell within us. And in that we are made radiant. Or, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Resisting that temptation to tell you why it's quiet right now. Then it makes it evident, obvious. It's just a gift. Lord Jesus Christ, born into a time, as Fleming Rutledge says, no better, no worse than now. Certainly as rough, maybe rougher. And you will celebrate and experience Christmas in the midst of the reality of your life. Do it joyfully, gratefully. Celebrate well. Have a fantastic Christmas. But know that you can do so without denying difficulty, sorrow, or pain. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just continue to be mindful of those who experience such sorrow at this time of year heard this morning of someone who took their own life 
we can think back in our own experience. We remember people like Mike Wilde, who was part of this church for years and took his life in between Christmas and New Year's. Lord, we do this not that we would wallow, and certainly not that we'd be like, well, that didn't feel very good. But because we know that you have blessed us with a joy beyond circumstance, and that, Lord Jesus, when we look to you, we can know this true and enduring joy. So I'm so grateful to get to celebrate Christmas again this year, to sing, to gather, to hear kids, to see friends, family. Pray a blessing on all of our gatherings, particularly tomorrow and Tuesday, Christmas. But give us this, remind us of this quiet and give us time to set ourselves apart, even in the noise, and express our gratitude to you for what you have done for us and for this whole world. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.